Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? We welcome you to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by the Wisconsin from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhart. What's cracking, man? Excited to be here. Harmon just gave us a mini drum roll uh, as you were starting that out. So I guess we're guess we're hyped today <laughs> on this Wednesday. <laughs> it's combine. Yeah, let's go. Uh, wide receiver prognosticator, the creator of Reception Perception, West Virginia's finest. We have Matt Harmon here as well. What's up? Well, it is a fun time in the NFL calendar. Like, we've got free agency Looming. rolling. Like, two yeah. weeks, yeah, right? pretty yeah, much. Weeks, we've yeah. got uh, the franchise tags got happening. franchise tags happening. We have the combine, obviously. We have, like, coaches and GMs kind of starting to give some of those little, little. like, sprinkle little seasoning of hints across the, the dime line and everything like that. <laughs> sure, so, absolutely. I don't it's It's, a, it's fun. It's it's fun times. So Headlines that will end up being non-story. Yeah, they're giving us just a little yeah. bit for the, little the football addicts to like freak out just over, and then in two months, none of it's. Well, it's matter. funny. Like I, I was just I was just reading yeah. Roto World or whatever, and the first thing that pops up is Shermer said Pat Shermer says that Eli has multiple quality years left. Which is like, okay, that's not true. <laughs> okay, but then he said earlier in the same statement that he was like, I have no use for running backs that don't catch passes, and I was like, that's a really insightful thing. You so know, it's all about parsing out like what means something and what doesn't. Usually a lot of smoke screens yeah. this time of year. Usually when they're talking about players, don't buy it. But when they're talking about overall philosophy, that's interesting. You know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, when you said Eli's got a couple more years left or a few more years left, my mind immediately threw out Eli Manning, and I was like, is he talking about Eli Apple? Uh, <laughs> no, he was talking <laughs> about where we are with Eli Manning. That's what I'm now. saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying because I immediately threw out Manning. I also think Eli Manning has plenty of good years left <laughs> in his life <laughs> on uh, an NFL football roster. Uh, he's maybe a not quality <laughs> starter. There that's you go. a lot. Quality starter and <clears throat> dad? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. MG, my guy, Mark Grant. What's up, man? So I'm trying to workshop a new yeah. analogy for this time of year because yeah. everybody talks about this as being like a job interview and all these guys are like going for a right. job, right? And I get that. And like it's not wrong. It's just it's just a tired analogy. So I'm, like, old. I'm sort of working on this. Like it's like it's like matriculating toward graduation or something like that. And so like I'm okay. kind of workshopping this. So like the combine is like sort of like the prom because like <laughs> you're trying to look <laughs> your prom. you're trying to look your best. You put on your best moves in That's front true. of everybody. That's true. Uh, you know you get they're gonna, they're gonna crown a basically a king of the combine, which really, really won't mean anything other than pride. Right, and you'll um, eventually get so, down to your underwear. Right. You get down, and <laughs> 
Well, Ooh, I was going was, was to go with the, and then some people like Deion Sanders show up in a limo, but no. uh, you you no. have trumped me here. This uh, It kind of makes sense, too, because like then it. like all the pro days and stuff are like senior week, like right. you're going on camping okay. trips, you're right. doing yeah, your, yeah. your activities, you're not really going to class, and then the draft comes, boom, it's graduation. Graduation day. Graduation day. I like it, Marcus. I like it. It's this good. is the prom uh, in that analogy. We've got a new producer in the building as well. Yes. We've got producer Christina. Hi, Christina. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? How are you guys? Doing well. What's going on? How you doing? I'm great. I'm okay. Great. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Li- the listeners out there, eagerly anticipating. Uh, what's uh, going well, on? Well, for all the listeners, this is my first time solo producing. Yeah. So um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, this is actually my first season producing with the NFL, so that's awesome, too. We got a Welcome. rookie. Welcome. Yep, so brand new for everything. Let's go. You'll, awesome. you'll, you'll soon find that this is a pretty – uh, low class operation. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Very uh, easy to produce. Yeah. Well, obviously because there's no button suppressed because we have to manually do our own. Yeah, our we own got, yeah, we got, we we got nothing going. We on. could <laughs> we could go find like BS music and stuff to play for it, but but feel free to jump in with your own hot takes. You know, whatever, whatever. absolutely. That's all right. that matters. Exactly. Yeah, you, you don't have too much like producing duties, but no. feel free to jump in with any thoughts on prospects. Uh, sure. Or, life or just or life, general. life make, in general. Make especially. fun of Harmon. Make fun of me. That's, 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 always a, good at that. that's easy. True. That's right. easy. Right. Job that's true. Of being well, even when Alex was the producer, he would make fun of Harmon. That's true. Well, yes, so it's, it's just a long I mean, time-honoring tradition. It's right. not a producer-exclusive activity. It's just kind well, of anybody that comes in contact saying. with me. <laughs> Should we get into the show? Uh, yeah, yes. Probably. We do have a uh, great show lined up in front of us here today. Uh, got a great interview. We got James Laurinaitis from the Big Ten Network, former Rams linebacker. Uh, played for the Saints as well, but uh, obviously a uh, Rams lifer there. Um, he, uh, he's going to be joining the program today. He's going to be giving his takes on some of the top prospects out of the Big Ten. And we'll also get his take on the Marcus Peters trade to his former team the L.A. Rams. We're going to talk a little bit about the Combine as well. We'll close out your show with Daily Daps, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Breaking news. Headlines. Jacksonville re-upped Blake Bortles to the tune of three years, $54 million. $26 million guaranteed. Bortles was already slated to make $19 million on his fifth-year rookie deal, but this deal replaces that so he essentially got a two-year extension Blake gave the most Blake quote regarding the deal quote I don't have a whole lot of knowledge how any of this stuff works (laughs) (laughs) now let's go to work and continue to build on what we did last year and go play let me say I don't have a whole lot of knowledge how any of this stuff works that is the most Blake quote ever you know what He's like he's like Kush from Jerry Maguire. No, I, yes, he is. Hundred percent. I just, just want to play football. I'll, I'll skate <laughs> your surf wherever they send me. I'm kind of enjoying Blake Bortles' like face turn to use the wrestling 100%. term because he was kind of the heel. Yeah. Everybody loved him being yeah. the butt of the jokes, but yep. now like he was okay last year. He's got a a, a Twitter account propping him up at Blake Bortles facts, which is great if you don't follow it. Now stuff like this, I mean like. He's just riding it out. He's gonna he he's gonna play. He's gonna do the best he can. If he lands another deal, great. If they replace him, whatever. He's just kind of going through it. And this was a smart deal because it moved money around. Yeah, makes him a little more flexible with the cap this year to go after uh, a Super Bowl again. They it's also a short term deal. Yeah, 
Yeah. It makes sense. It's kind of like a prove it deal, basically. It, it is a prove it deal, and you I mean you don't see teams like if 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 they view you as a franchise quarterback, they don't sign you to a three year deal. You know, yeah. they lock you up longer than that. Twenty six million guaranteed is peanuts on the quarterback. Yeah, that's what these I'm saying. Days. It, Alex I mean, right. they were gonna give him nineteen million next year anyways. Yeah. The funny thing, like when I when I tweeted out like, yeah, this is not that big of a deal. Like it's it's actually pretty good for the Jags or whatever. It's somebody, really good for the yeah, Jags. Somebody replied, like, Well, why do you, why would Blake take like the question is why would Blake I take think the that's deal? the like, question. Why why wouldn't he bet on himself or whatever I'm like I mean <laughs> that's what he's doing here though too <laughs> he, he's also kind of take I mean it, the smarter thing for him to do would be like no nah, no nah, I'm gonna do the Flacco and like I'm gonna ball out this year go to go get big money right going into 2019 I think yeah. he knows I'm not gonna ball out this year like <laughs> he's taking the money now while he can no, get it. he's and getting Allen Robinson I, back what the hell I also do think there's a comfort level there I mean yeah. like for him like this guy who went, went to Central Florida uh, that's true. And now he's still he's in Jacks. He's in low key Jacksonville. Like they're playing well, so that's a plus. But he's low key. He doesn't have the same scrutiny where if he went to New York or Chicago or Dallas, you know, whatever. Just yeah. I, I think Bortles city, just has whatever. some self awareness. He's he's aware of where he stands. Like he's he's not too. too Could you imagine? To think like he's can you gonna imagine saying that statement a year ago from today? Blake Bortles has self awareness. I, like, I mean. I would not have thought that. Not to mention that if he leaves Jacksonville, all those jokes on the good place go away. Yeah. I got to gotta keep that for the, for the lols. <laughs> and, and also, I don't think that this rules out Jacksonville bringing in competition for him. Probably sure. not in terms of a high-priced free agent like a, a – Oh, so no, definitely not Kirk Cousins. No, no, the, no Theodore Bridgewater? Probably not. But I think that they can easily draft somebody, even in the first round, at a cost-controlled status and say, you know, hey, this is Blake's job right now. Yeah. But you can easily – take it you know either into 2018 if he's not playing well or especially into 2019 right because they can move on from this and after that yeah after 2019 yeah then it's then it's your job so I think and and this is a team that doesn't like if you look at it doesn't have a ton of glaring needs or whatever so yeah if a Lamar Jackson or something falls to them at the end of the first round why not just take why not take him let him sit for a while behind Bortles who they have some level of comfort with sure it's it's a great deal for Jacksonville yeah I think it's I think it's an amazing deal for Jacksonville and again I I too am surprised that Blake Bortles um, and his representation would have taken a deal like that. It's it's a little bit curious, but hey, I don't know. Whatever. He pocketed seven million more, and he's not in that different of a spot than he was if he went and like played out the rest of his rookie contract. Because he gets seven million more guaranteed if it's a one year deal, and they move on from him. Yeah. And he plays pretty well. He can still go hit the free agent market and make decent money. I guess it's more of a question of like he's got to play well now for two years. You know what I'm saying? Versus now, you know, versus just playing well for a year. And re- I think he's really set up to ha- actually have. Um, a a good real life quarterbacking season next season, but you know the NFL's crazy. How I fast mean, he's still Blake up. though. Like he's he's <laughs> he still could, he could screw this thing up so you're fast. Right. No, like, you're right. You're right. You're even. Right. I mean, he had like the the playoff. Just look at the playoff games. The, th- the three games there in the postseason yeah. against Buffalo, he was objectively terrible. As Awful a passer. I mean, mm-hmm. like hard to watch. <laughs> terrible. I mean, Patriots. He was good. Patriots. Now, he was. I mean, the Steelers. He was awesome. Yeah. And then in the Steelers, he was unstoppable. Yeah, the Steelers, he was incredible. And then against the Patriots, he hit was good enough in the first half to keep him afloat. Yeah. And then they even at the end of that at the end of that game, they showed they do not trust Blake Bortles right. to go out and like win the, no, the game. Man, they he don't. was inches away from hitting a game winning touchdown on yeah. that pass Stefan Gilmore broke up though. Right. And like yeah. that was a pretty good throw on the run for I thought Blake. it was too. I thought it was I thought he made some pretty nice plays. Also let's not forget I like that. 
that Buffalo game, they yeah. there were reports that the wins were god awful because no quarterback played well in that game. Tyrod didn't play well, true. Blake didn't that's play true. well, and then Nathan Peterman came in and I mean, you're not giving me a lot of names well. to say like, well, there were good quarterbacks <laughs> there to play well, to play well. As the three guys well, that are Tyrod's good. He's an average quarterback. Okay. But still, all, all those two average quarterbacks and Nathan Peterman all played well below average in that game. So the conditions might have had a little something to do with it as well. We go to running back Matt Forte. Retired. I'm, I'm kind of sad about this one, but a uh, good note oh, from Matt Field Forte. Yates. Um, quote, Matt Forte entered the NFL in 2008. He's led the league in total yards from scrimmage since that time with 14,468 total yards. That's impressive, man. That is impressive. Given the bad teams that he has played for, the bad coaches he has played for, limited offenses, I, I mean, for him to be able to rack that up, that's – Man, that is super impressive, and um, and he's been a class act in the NFL as well. Yeah. I'm I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, it's too bad he never really got to play with the team that that's what I'm saying. Could push, push that's what for I'm saying. a Super Bowl or anything. That's yeah. a, it. Just seems not fair to somebody like Matt Forte, who was, um, who I think surprised coming out of college. Um, I mean, obviously he surprised. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be have the most scrimmage yards uh, <laughs> since when he entered the league. You know what I mean? So, but he just didn't get to play for a, a team that. I mean, he he did make that one Super Bowl run, didn't he? They went to – he wasn't there the year they went to the Super no. Bowl. He was in the that NFC Championship game when they lost to the Packers. Yes. That's too the bad. The Caleb Haney appearance. The Caleb Haney appearance. Oh. oh. Picks, pick six to BJ Raji. Matt Forte was always one of those guys that was uh. never, like, ever regarded as the best running back in the NFL during his time, but it's always, like – that's top true. five, top ten, like just perennially underrated. People talk about best running like, Super underrated. What he, about Matt Forte? He's also that guy, I mean, this being a fantasy podcast, that was never – I mean, he was – I felt like he was always kind of a top five running back, that guy that you – he kind of fell to you, but yeah. you were never upset with that. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> you know? so like, oh, I got Matt Forte? Oh, That's cool. Yeah. Plus, he <laughs> was like – he was making big – like he was putting a big receiver numbers before, the, before, before that the was a thing. Too, right. Yeah, he, I think he had the 100 catches or whatever. Well, I mean, he had that after LaDainian and Tomlinson also had 100. Right. But well, I'm talking about like not – like today's era of the NFL where, where – Running backs are doing even crazier things as receivers. Like he was doing that pretty his, consistently. And yeah, in his first seven years, he had over 50 receptions and over 400 receiving yards in six of those seven years. And the one and the one he missed, he had crazy. 44 and 340. So you're still like, that's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That is insane, man. And, and again, just you know, all reports are all signs say that he's a good guy. Yeah, uh, and a class act as well. You never heard him complain, uh, despite all the bad teams that he was on. But I, I don't know, man. Like I just felt like he. He deserved better, and I wish I could have seen him on a good team, maybe a dominant team even. But uh, but alas, uh, he did. Retire. By the way, you, you yeah. talk about that one, the forty-four and three forty year for Matt Forte. Mm -hmm. uh, Legarrette Blunt's career receiving numbers. Yes, <laughs> fifty-four for three eighty-seven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and they've been around about the same. Were they the same draft class? Uh, Blunt's Blunt might have been even year. Yeah, Blunt was, Blunt was a little later, but uh, still. Will Bill Barnwell, um, he's still for with the ringer these days? No, ESPN, ESPN, right. I totally blacked out for a second. Made a point, though, that uh, with Forte um, retiring and Jonathan Stewart getting cut, it's kind of like a sad day for the 2008 running back class, which no halfback class in the seven-round draft era has delivered more Pro Bowlers six or uh, Pro Bowl appearances 14 than that really? one. Really? Because that draft class included, well, Darren McFadden at the top, but Jay Stu, uh, CJ2K, Matt Forte, Ray Rice, Jamal Charles, and Justin Forsett, along with, like, wow, the depth wow, is wow. pretty good. Steve Slayton, Tim Hightower, 
I haven't heard the name Steve Slate. Man, how in a while. dare you skip over for Richard first, first round Felix picks Jones. like Richard Mendenhall and Felix Jones? Richard Mendenhall was actually off to a pretty good start to his career, he was. and then he just kind of decided to, to hang oh, yeah. up. He was in the Super Bowl against the Packers that same year. Forte made it to the championship He's, game. Didn't he also have? Never. He had like some weird 9/11 stuff or whatever. I remember. Yeah, I think he, I think he had some uh, yeah. mental issues yeah. that he wanted to like Felix heal up after Felix Jones though. That was. That was one of the weirder picks of all time because he was it was like oh. he was a backup at Arkansas. He was a backup at Arkansas. I'm pretty sure I think they only took him because Jerry Jones like ah oh, can't get my hands on uh, <laughs> on Darren McFadden, the real Arkansas back, so I'm gonna take his backup. And he ended up being like the third best player out of that backfield. <laughs> Peyton Hillis was in the same back backfield. He was. Yeah, he was yes. the fullback there at Arkansas. At Arkansas, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you meant in Dallas. Oh, not, oh no, no, no. I was no. Peyton Hills playing in Dallas? No. Oh, okay. I got you. No, I mean, Felix Jones was a good athlete, and I think that's why Jerry Jones kind of fell in love. And obviously the Arkansas thing, too, yeah, as well. Yeah, so the Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, we'll stay in this division. Uh, Vikings reportedly interested in Kirk Cousins. They are not expected to tag Case Keenum, uh, despite his uh, wonderful run. Our very own Gil Brandt said on Twitter, quote, if I were a betting man – I'd say that's where he, he's talking about Kirk Cousins, lands. Nope. No. 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 Don't no. do it. Rap nope. Don't, Rap <laughs> don't Rap do it, Vikings. Also, Rap Sheet also don't said. Don't you go get that quarterback with that defense. Don't you do it. Nope. <laughs> Rap nope. Sheet, Mike Garofalo also, also seemed, to, <clears throat> seemed to lend credit to this is this is a real a real thing. And you know what? Sorry, Alex, but it, it this needs to happen. It absolutely I agree. needs to happen because nope. it's a great fit. No, nope. it's a great it's a fit. They have fit, two nope. awesome wide receivers that they yeah. absolutely need to nope. maximize. They Wrong. have a good and young running back in the backfield. Bad idea. No one cares about your privilege. But <laughs> 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 and those receivers, I think, also fit with what Kirk Cousins does ab- well. Too. Absolutely, it'd be yeah. an amazing fit. That's why I hate it so much because I, <laughs> I don't want my Packers to have to go up against a Kirk Cousins-led attack with Thielen. Rudolph Diggs. Diggs and Dalvin Cook in the backfield oh. with that defense. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, it would just really it would make them an instant Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. Some horse mess, which they were one game away from <laughs> last year. Anyway, settle down, Phil Rivers. <laughs> they look good, man. Um, yeah, I hope he does end up there. Hey, uh, by the way, you mentioned it right there, uh, but the Panthers did cut Jonathan Stewart. Um, I, I imagine he'll land with some team at some point as some kind of roster insurance or whatever it I might guess. be. But I don't know. He, I don't think he's going to make much of an impact. He looked downright terrible uh, in Carolina last year. I, I wrote in my piece pre- reviewing the backfield situation for every thirty for all 32 teams in the NFL. I said the Panthers are really in like a weird spot right now because they just drafted a player designated as a running back in the top 10 last year, yeah. but they clearly have a need at the position. They can I mean, wait. It's a deep class. I, I guess, yeah. It's, I mean, they don't need to go spend another first-round pick, Yeah, but like, I could see them spending a second or third-round pick on a guy to compliment McCaffrey on the early down. I think they can even wait even longer, and if they can get Kalen Balaj out of Arizona State, I think it's a great fit for what the Panthers want to get done. Big body back, uh, or, uh, pretty good athlete as well. Who's that kid out of uh, Tim Williams, I think, out of Tennessee? Uh, I think he's a little bit bigger. John it's Kelly is John Kelly was the one I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm mixing it up. I, I mean, and, and again, these are all you know. I, I guess kind of sort of uh, de facto comparisons because you're thinking Christian McCaffrey is going to be that dynamic kind of playmaker guy, and oh, they need a you know a, a big body back to kind of complement him. I, but I mean, who knows what they end up? Yeah, with. but I think I think a, they can wait. They were just such a terrible rushing offense last year that it's just again, it's it seems weird that it's like yeah, you just spent a top ten pick again on a quote-unquote running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he does much, much more than just run the football. Oh, sure. But, like, you just spent a top-ten pick on this, and, and you you weren't a good running team next last year, and now it seems like you do have a real need at the position. It's just it's just a strange time. And I, well, I, 
I don't know. I think it's hard to be a quote unquote good running team when your best running back is your quarterback. It's quarterback, yeah. Yeah. I mean when he's the guy who's leading, when he's leading your team in rushing, that's going to limit your ability to run the football. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I I don't know what they do, but I think that they need to they need to work on the offensive line as well. Too. I was going to say that could be a big issue. I think that could be a big issue. I think that's a big. And they were missing Ryan Khalil for a lot of last year too. Yeah, uh, and Khalil, but Khalil is he's a tough guy to count on right now. He's already said that this is going right, to be his last right. year. So exactly. he's been dealing with neck injuries. Neck injuries. Yeah, yeah neck injuries. Kept him out last year. Well, two fifths of their offensive line was in and out of the lineup all the time. So I mean, it just I don't know, man. If they can, they need to shore up their offensive line. That's why I think they're going to wait a hell of a lot longer. Um, to to draft running back, but I I do agree with you. They need to address that uh, that position uh, in Carolina. All right, so Miami tagging Jarvis Landry was indeed a wink wink move to try and trade Jarvis Landry. Remember, you're not supposed to intentionally sign or franchise tag a guy with the intent to trade, but we've seen it done. Please. Uh, yeah. A bunch of different times in the NFL. This is the latest example. Rumors circulating that the t- Tennessee Titans could be in line to trade for Landry. Good fit with Marcus Mariota, Alex Gilhar? I don't know how I feel about that. Doesn't doesn't really like excite me. Doesn't I mean, move he's, the needle. He's a good receiver and he'll certainly help, but like I don't know. I want to see Marcus Mariota more of a spread offense. Maybe they can do that with Math Rashard Matthews and Corey Davis, uh if you know if he's healthy this year and Landry in the middle, but I don't know. It doesn't really move the needle for me a ton. It, and also I feel like it complicates and depresses any fantasy value for Corey Davis or Rashard Matthews then mm. if you've got a 130 target guy in the middle of the field there. I would hope he doesn't see that many targets. That's the thing. Is that I, I, feel, I feel like if he goes there, he's not going to get that many targets. Yeah. Um, I mean, 130 is well off of the 160 he saw in two of his three years with Miami, or two of his four years. Of yeah, yeah, but who did Miami have, though? No, they, did, they didn't have anybody. I don't think you should be throwing 160 balls at Jarvis Landry either, yeah. but 130 seems for a slot receiver. Because, I mean, even when, they, even when they try to take, you know, Devontae Parker, he was in and out of the lineup, too. You know yeah, and he's so, also not good. So. Well, okay, so what wow, else? so we've just... <laughs> Burying he hasn't been that good. I mean, he has not been as good as they would hope at yeah, any point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, just, no, no, you've, no, you've right. already just stomped on one of the favorite preseason narrative tropes of the, the, oh, it's gonna be the Devontae it's Parker true. breakout. Is coming. Oh, exactly. It's going to be coming. back here, too. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming for it's another coming <laughs> But yeah, no. I would look. I just want him to be a solid contributor to. If he goes to Tennessee, it'd be great to see him as a solid contributor uh, to that offense. But man, I tell you what, it would be interesting though. You know what I mean? With Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, and then you know with Derrick Henry in the backfield, Marcus Mariota as a quarterback. That offensive line still very good. I don't, I don't know. It's an intriguing offense to me. Anyways, I could put up points. I think Landry fits every NFL team. I oh, yeah. I think that's, oh, yeah. He's the type 100%. of player that's going to make your passing game well, move. A little, as long as, I mean, he, he doesn't fit with certain – like, San Francisco would be a terrible fit for him. You know what I mean? Well, I just mean, like, if they it, – I'm not saying, like, that you have anybody there. Like, they have a guy in Trent Taylor who can maybe do some of those things. Yeah, like, and they need somebody on the outside. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, for whatever team, they can integrate a player like Jarvis Landry because right. he's a slot receiver that's reliable. He's going to catch passes. He's, he's very good bring, at that. And he's going to bring production to your passing game. And, yeah. like, the longer I look at football, like – just produce. Just produce yards, produce catches, because that produces points, which wins football games. Yeah. It seems novel, but I think we get lost in the weeds <laughs> sometimes with everything else. Like, production sure. matters. Landry's going to make your pass game more there productive. There you go. That's what the, the thing with him is just how much are you going to pay him? Like, he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league, and I think that would be a mistake. It's, for good, teams. To, it's good to want things. Right, but if some team does do that, then I think that's a bad move. Yeah. I think he fits every team. He's going to make any offense better. Right. But just like, my God, are you really going to pay him $16 million a year over the course of five, six years or whatever? That's, that seems – I Since this is still a fantasy podcast, that's why I'd rather have him go to a team like 
Chicago or Baltimore, yeah, yeah, teams that have a real need, and that Landry could be a fantasy factor and that production would matter a lot more. Like The Titans also have Tywan Taylor, who they've been reportedly high on again this yeah, offseason. Yeah, I like Taylor. Nice guy. I like Taylor, yeah. So like, why, why add him in there and then just – muddle everything up. Like, I'd rather have Landry go to a team where he has a clear need. He can get even his 150, 160 targets, get 1,200 yards, get eight, nine touchdowns, and then everything's just simpler for us. I think Chicago's the ideal spot because they can pay him. Do you? They have, yeah, they, they can pay him. They have a need. He'd this, be great for Trubisky, yeah, too. exactly what they need at the position. Like, talk about a security blanket. Like, oh, I'm in trouble. That's There's not, Landry. I know, but that's not his game, though. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's a guy that wants to make that big pass. He's got a big arm. They need they need because they need help at every single wide receiver. They, 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 they need, oh my god, they're so they, bad at, yeah, the, at wide except receiver. Except that if they spend that money on Jarvis Landry, then do they do they not target Calvin Ridley perhaps in the first round? I don't I, I think they why I not? Think they, they, I, I think that'd be a great one two they, combo. They have yeah. nothing at the position. I mean yeah, literally nothing. nothing. Like yeah. the only guy and like the only guy coming the hypothetically they could come back that you can even get kind of optimistic about is Cameron Merritt. Yep. And he's, he's coming off of a he's what, he's major injury, yeah, exactly. restricted free agent. Ugh. So I don't know. That's a tough one. Other than that, they got nothing going nothing. on. Nothing. NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reporting that the Rams are leaning t- more towards tagging safety LaMarcus Joyner than Sammy Watkins. The wide receiver franchise tag worth $16 million approximately. The safety tag worth about $11 million. I think financially it makes sense for the Rams. The Rams may be gambling possibly. That a receiver in Sammy Watkins, who had just 593 yards last year, won't get 16 million in the open market, which I think is a, I think that's a pretty good gamble. Although, keep in mind, they did trade a second-round draft pick to acquire the services of Sammy Watkins. So, uh, uh, certainly they're, they're they're playing a little bit of a uh, chicken here with uh, with Sammy Watkins and his representation. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think people still believe in Sammy Watkins' talent, but I think you're right. Do you give sixteen million to a guy who, until this past year, never really stayed healthy in his? No. you know, and I think yeah. I think that's the fear. Uh, you know, once you get a reputation as being injury prone, then that sticks with you for a while. And so I think that's the big downside. Right? Although you say that, but I feel like nobody's talking about that. Like nobody's talking about the the injury history of Sammy Watkins simply because he didn't get hurt last year. Right. But I and I agree with you. It's a factor if you're going to pay him money. But it's just it just is another reminder that like the only thing people remember is what <laughs> happened last year. I don't know. You think I, it, that's got to be a storyline with him? I don't feel like I hear anybody. I feel like people. People don't talk about how awesome he was before this year, yeah. like on a per-play, per-target basis. Right. But they well, they definitely don't talk about that. They That's definitely don't talk about that, long. and they don't talk about his injury history. They talk about, yeah, he played all 16 games and, and had uh, he was not productive. Right. So it's like they're only focusing on what just happened recently. All right. And I think there's multiple reasons to be – to be concerned about Sammy Watkins. I'd like to see him come back to, to L.A. I wish he would, great. Too, but I think, great. He, I think he's going to get paid somewhere else. Right. Because he is – San Francisco. Because he is good. Maybe San Francisco. Ooh. I think I've heard Carolina could be in the market, too, because they're looking to overhaul their whole receiver core. I think he gets paid because – San Fran would be fun. There's a lot cool, of teams – there's a lot of teams that just need. Can you imagine him and Marcus Goodwin just streaking around on the outside With and then Pierre, Pierre, Pierre around Pierre and Trent back. Taylor, Trent, George yeah, Trent Kittle, Taylor inside. George. Uh, also, I think this makes sense just because I don't think we need to burn the Rams either for flipping a two for Sammy because he's a great player, had high upside, and they made the playoffs for the first time in forever last sure. year. But they also, uh, I saw you retweeted this too, Harmon, and I've had it open on my computer all morning. Uh, Cameron De Silva had said Sean McVay uh, at the combine said the Rams are quote excited about Josh Reynolds. He's a guy that has all the traits and characteristics, can separate, has a big catch radius. Somebody replied and asked, "Buy Sammy? Wouldn't be shocked seeing as of right now Sammy may be a top three wide receiver in free agency. Tag and trade." 
And Cameron said, all things considered, it wouldn't be too surprising to see him go. They are high on Reynolds. Reynolds is a great, great, great sleeper if uh, Watkins. Oh, uh, yeah. Heck yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, The NFL reviewing the catch rule, thank God. Uh, I think they're going to revise the surviving the ground BS. It's the stupidest thing. It's just so dumb. If it sounds dumb, it is dumb. It's so (laughs) dumb. Dumb. Uh, But the league also thinking about changing defensive pass interference to just 15 yards, making it more like the college game. I'm cool with that. I'm kind of cool with that, too. I'm cool with that. Like, I, the worst thing to me is the you know, guys get tangled and suddenly it's a 50-yard penalty. It flips the field. It changes the game. And you get to the point where offense, especially struggling offenses, just use that as their whole game plan. Let's just throw it up and let's just pick up 40 yards at a time. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I, prefer, I personally would love to see the officials – make the call between, say, an egregious intentional P.I. and have that be a spot file thing versus the 15-yarder. But uh, I think it takes a little bit of power out of the hands of the officials, too, because if they make a horrible P.I. call, you know what I'm saying? So the offense doesn't so just get much. spotted at the one. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it takes a little power out of the officials' hands, which which I'm, I'm in favor of. You know, let these guys play. Um, if they make a bad call, it's, you know, it's mitigated significantly. Um, so I think I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and, and obviously there's going to be – everyone's going to think about anecdotally, oh, well, I remember a play where a guy was wide open in the end zone and he just got tackled. Shouldn't that yeah. be at the one? It's like, all right. Oh. Listen, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, but uh, again, I think overall I think the impact will be better. In a league where you arguably have the best football players in the world, like you still have to earn it. You still have to earn your way down there. Yeah. So, you know. I kind of like the idea, too, of defensive backs trying to make a play. Uh, and not being quite as worried yeah, about the penalty. Yeah, yeah. I think anything that takes, like, ma- lessens the officials' impact on yes. the game. 100%. And also less, like, anything that takes away their, them making judgment, any more judgment calls than they already do. Right. Is good for the game. It's good 100% for the game, agree. Period. So, I'm in favor. All right, so there are your top headlines. Let's go to the phones. All right, he is a two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year from Ohio State, one of the great Rams of all time, a man that did not miss a single game in his seven seasons as a linebacker for St. Louis. He is currently an analyst for the Big Ten Network. We welcome in James Laurinaitis to the show. James, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. So, All right, so you're working for the, for the Big Ten Network now. Uh, one, uh, there's a there's a big name <laughs> in that conference that is expected to go uh, somewhere in the top ten. That guy's name is Saquon Barkley. Look, we know he's good as a runner, right, and as a pass catcher. But you're a former linebacker, James. What specifically does Saquon do that gives defenders trouble? Well, gosh, you know, I was I was lucky enough to watch him play. I went to that that game against Ohio State. Um, and, and I've watched him, obviously, week in, week out on film. He can hurt you in so many different ways because he's so explosive. Uh, not only did he silence the crowd in the opening kickoff against the Buckeyes, but later on uh, in that game, when that touchdown run, his ability to stop and start on a dime, uh, there's certain angles that he takes. Um, there's certain ways that his body bends. I, I think of the Iowa game, um, leaping over. Uh, the D-back and, and taking a hit and just landing, uh, sticking the landing and keeping going. His lower body strength, I think, is what sets him apart. So as a defender, you're thinking, okay, do I just go low on him, try to chop his legs out, but he's so strong, he might just um, fly down the pole, as we call it sometimes, when you try to tackle someone with big legs. And um, Athletically, you can't 
stop your feet on him because he's super fast. Uh, he, he outran Josie Jewell that way. He got him to stop his feet and break to the outside uh, in that football game. And uh, There's one play in particular against Indiana that was a highlight. I don't know if you remember this play, but he caught a, a simple check down. And uh, T. Gray Scales, who's a, who's a linebacker who will get drafted out of Indiana this year, uh, he stopped in a way where, where his knee was so far over his toes, you thought any other normal athlete would probably would have went to the ground on his knees. He cuts it back and it ends up becoming a, an explosive touchdown reception on a simple check down. So he's, such, he's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, Penn State didn't have a really good offensive line this year. They struggled right. in short yardage situations. It really makes you wonder what kind of impact Saquon could have had behind a more established offensive line. You bring it up, man. It's it's interesting to me. There are certain guys that, you know, maybe did not have a prolific college career, but once they get to the NFL and they play with professional-level offensive linemen and skill position players all around them, they elevate their game. Is Saquon Barkley a guy that, as great as he was in college, can he elevate his game at the next level? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. If he's a feature guy, if you're going to take a running back early on, he needs to be featured. Um, I, I can't remember a running back that I've been um, – I think Ezekiel Elliott comes to mind, where every yeah. time you watch a, a game of Ezekiel in, in, in college, you expected him to hit a big uh, 60-yard run if it ever broke open. You know, Saquon was, is the same way, but I think Saquon's even better as far as a receiver uh, out of the backfield. I, I just think it all, a lot of times, too, with NFL guys, and even guys who are great college guys that don't do well in the NFL, it's all about fit, and it's all about what kind of organization do you go to? Do they believe in you long enough? Do they give you some patience to develop do they figure out how to use you to the best of your ability mm. um you know you hear all the time when it comes to this this time of season the biggest bust or the biggest surprises you know a lot of that has to do not with just the player some of it does you know with obviously their motivation work ethic once they get a check but a lot of the times it's, it's what kind of fit um do they do they kind of go you know into your into your system um and does a coach get fired two years in and the next thing you know they're trying to impress somebody else that doesn't want them and it kind of can spiral downhill from there. So a lot of these things have to do with uh, what kind of fit and, and where they end up going as far as the staff and how they're going to be utilized. Hey, James, you talked about uh, his ability as a receiver, that being Saquon Barkley. Actually, Pat Shermer today at the Combine, who, of course, is coaching for the Giants now, we're picking in the top two. He said today he has literally no use for a back that uh, doesn't fit in as a receiver. Like, so Saquon Barkley, you mentioned his, his ability as a receiver. Who does he kind of, in your mind, compare to, like a current NFL back in terms of what he can do before the ball arrives as a route runner and then even afterwards? Man, you know, that is a, that is a really good question. It really is because, uh, obviously, Deion Lewis in New England is a guy who's a phenomenal uh, route runner, a guy who's able to, to, to uh, get open and make explosive plays after getting the ball hands. But, you know, I, I really – it's hard to, to compare certain guys. You know, when you have guys that have earned their stripes in the NFL, I always kind of cringe when I hear, like, well, this, this receiver here, right? We hear it every year. Well, this receiver, he kind of has the tools of a, you know, of a of Jerry Rice back when he was young. And you're like, goodness gracious, what are we doing comparing these guys to guys who've been in the league? You know what I mean? Like, you see it all the time. Right. The next good linebacker that comes out is going to be compared to Keekly, and you're like, come on, man. Keekly, <laughs> you know, some of these guys are just outrageous. Right. So it's hard to really pinpoint. Um, players, because I, I don't want to put that pressure on Saquon. Sure. I, I just think, you know, it's unique in the fact that Kenny, Kenny, he's not quite Christian McCaffrey as a route runner, but does that, does that mean that he won't be as effective? I don't know. Um, you know, Penn State a lot of times, the unique thing about him is that he's been able to catch check down and go with it. He catches yep. go routes extremely well and, and adjusts to the ball, but 
Um, you know, is he as dynamic as the Panthers tried to use Christian McCaffrey? I don't know, but I, I know this. He has the home run ability that McCaffrey does or did coming out of college, and it'll be interesting to see how that will translate. Can you talk to us about Barkley's teammate, wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton? He, he reportedly had a pretty good senior bowl week. Um, I guess he reads more as a slot guy, six foot, 200 pounds, but um, what makes him so effective? I mean, you just see him making plays each and every week when you'd watch Penn State. They had guys all over the place, obviously, at Barkley. Um, but it seemed like whenever the team would shut down Barkley, Deshaun would come up with a huge play. Um, he had that back to, to get open and just make uh, really some unbelievable catches. And, and not only, I always thought that he was a guy that wasn't brought up enough. There's so much talk about, uh, you know, McSorley and Barkley and Kaseki that I really thought that Deshaun Hamilton was a guy that um, really stressed out defense because if you're a D coordinator going against that team I mean what do you do you're gonna load the box about Saquon right but then that makes easy throws on the outside for McSorley and you're worried about this tight end so maybe if you go single and double the tight end well then now you're banned up on the outside and Deshaun's gonna beat you so it was a really hard offense to slow down but I thought week in week out he was a guy that consistently um you know again one of those one of those guys that maybe would be would have bigger better stats had he been not around a lot of guys that had so much talent or an offense with so much talent, but uh, I think he's going to be one of those, one of those, uh, like you said, a slot guy in the NFL that's going to be able to make some plays for a lot of years. All right, so there's a wide receiver that I'm intrigued by. I don't know much about him. I saw a little bit of game tape on him, but this kid out of Indiana, man, Simi Cobbs Jr., 6'4", 220. Um, you talk about playing some of the best competition, having a great game. 11 receptions, 149 yards versus your Ohio State Buckeyes. What can you tell us about Simi Cobbs Jr.? Man, I tell you what, that game alone, it, it seemed like you talk about a guy who translates in a game. Like if you have one game film, be like, you know what, that's National Football League. Yep. It was that football game because the ability. Uh, I know Richard Lego was the quarterback that game for Indiana. He he got replaced as the year went on, but. He threw so many back shoulder balls. And I think uh, Simi had two or three one-handed catches in that game that you were just like, wow. Mm-hmm. So the body size, catching the football in really tight windows, um, beating a guy at Denzel Ward, um, who's going to be a first-round pick out of Ohio State. But his ability to, to not only make the – I mean, in college, a lot of guys love to see the stats, right, with the wide yeah. receiver. They love to see all those guys lighten it up. But Simi made real-life NFL catches where you're not going to have a ton of separation you have to kind of out-wrestle some guys, uh, their DBs, and go up and catch these balls. And a lot of these back shoulder type of catches, if I'm him, I'm just – if I, anytime I go into Indy this weekend, if I'm him, I'm saying, listen, I don't care what film you're going to show me, just show me the – watch the Ohio State game and then <laughs> – he did – he was making me – I don't have any hair, but he's making me pull it out. I was trying to – I have that back hand. There you go. Um, but he was making – he was driving me crazy, um, you know, as a fan. But, goodness, well, how impressive he was and – um, smart decision for him to leave, and he's a you know you talk about the top receivers in the Big Ten. You know, not only the Sydney big body guy, but you know there's a kid in Maryland and DJ Moore as well who was just exciting to watch. But you look at what DJ he wasn't able to do much against Ohio State. Uh, Denzel Warren, those guys really shut him down, so which makes Sydney Cobb's uh, big time game uh, even more impressive. Well, you mentioned Denzel Ward, and I feel like we'd be remiss to have you on here and not ask you about the Buckeyes. And, and right. this is a guy who was <laughs> kind of in the shadow of you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary on Conley, you know, those, those kind of guys. Um, talk about what what do you think he offers at the next level? Where do you think he could be potentially a great fit? Yeah, I think, listen, Denzel's a guy who you could put him on an island. You could tell him to go play man coverage. He's one of those DBs, just like the previous guys you mentioned that went through there. Um, they have a very short memory if they get beat. I mean, he got – 
Um, when you watch the Indiana game, he got beat a couple times by Sidney Cobb, but then there's also some plays where you're like, goodness, you didn't even realize at one point, I think he's one or two in the in the Big Ten and uh, PBUs for pass breakups. So he's a guy that I feel like Ohio State fans going through the year were like, because of the Lattimore's and the Darian Conley's and Eli Apple, those guys, they expected, you know, well, this is just EBU now. You know, no one should have a, any reception in any game. <laughs> that's just not, I mean, that's the way it felt like. Yeah. So, uh, but I had to try, try to constantly remind people uh, whenever I go on Big Ten Network, look, this guy is, is up there and his pass breakups, and he's going to get challenged because all Seattle's going to play is man or zero coverage a lot of the time. So he has a lot of experience with it, which I think very, uh, fits very well on the National Football League. Uh, like any other uh, college kid going to the National Football League, their biggest adjustment as a DB is going to be the hands, right? You can, you can, you can physically assault a wide receiver all the way down the field in the in college game. Uh, you have that five-yard rule in the National Football League. So that's going to be an adjustment. But uh, he's a guy that also is willing to tackle. You look at the, the big hits that he's able to have this year. Um, he's a physical corner. And so I really like what, what he's going to be able to do for some franchise. And, and really, I think his best fit is, is anyone that's – going to be playing aggressive man coverage because he played it so much at Ohio State. James Laurinaitis from the Big Ten Network, but let's talk about the NFL now. Obviously, you've got a ton of experience there. You know, the big trade was that Marcus Peters got traded to your former team, the Rams. Do you view him, Marcus Peters, as a zone or a man guy, or does he fit in both schemes? And, and really, how do you think he's going to fit in with that Wade Phillips defense and what he wants to get done in that 3-4? Well, here's what I know about Wade, and, and some people uh, talking to people is that they play. Uh, he wants his guys to play super fast. Um, you know, I still talk to Alec Ogletree and some guys. Uh, they love playing for him, and, and they know that he's going to adjust whatever he does to to his players' talent. And so, uh, look, I, I love the trade. I think it's it's great. I mean, it's going to be good for for Marcus to have a fresh start um, and and go to a place where he's going to try to prove himself and, and just say, hey. Um, you know, hopefully a lot of the, the stuff that got Kansas City to a point to say, hey, we, you know, we just need to move on. Hopefully a lot of that gets corrected. Um, I think L.A. thinks it will. And, and uh, that I think Sean McVay, being a young coach, knows how to relate really well to these players. And he's the guy who's a, who's a motivator. And uh, talking to guys who have played for him, they just said that he's one of those coaches that like he doesn't have to try hard to earn your respect. He just naturally gets it because, because he's, a, he's a coach that um, is a man of his word and Obviously, what he did at a really young age in year one out there was unbelievable. And so I think really the big question is, you know, what, what happens with Tremaine Johnson? Um, you know, do they, do they try to keep him? Do they let him walk? Does he go somewhere? Uh, I'd be shocked if, if, I'm, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, if I don't try to throw a ton of money at him, having Greg Williams coached him before. Uh, but if I'm true, I'm thinking, look, her, I thought Oakland might be interested in him. Uh, true's a Cali boy. He's from out there in Cali. He loves the West Coast. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what, because I know he I know he loves LA. I'm interested to see uh, kind of what happens with True uh, coming down this this offseason. Man, this is some great insight from a great football player in James Laurinaitis. Now, listen, I know you're a football great, but James, you come from a long line of pro wrestling Laurinaitises. Your father, Joe, aka the Road Warrior Animal was one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Hey, listen, other than Animal and Hawk, all right, give me your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers. Oh, man. So, you know, people are going to be surprised. I didn't really grow up. Like, even though Pops was wrestling, I was still young when, like, Flair and all those guys started. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the four horsemen were around a little bit in WCW, but I really, I tended, I tended to watch the most um, wherever my pops was at the time. So for me, like who I truly loved, uh, I loved uh, HBK. Shawn Michaels is one of Hell them. Yeah. Talk about, yeah, I love Shawn Michaels. I love Stone Cold, who did it. Um, the Rock, the, I, would, I would almost love watching The Rock's promos over the, <laughs> um, <laughs> over anything else. Yeah. But and, all, and also, I think really, as I got older, was just the respect for The Undertaker. Hey, um, you can put Hogan in there, but Hogan, Hogan was his, his um, I'll put it this way, his gimmick and his character was so strong. You know, the strongest that probably ever, ever uh, do it. Uh, we talk about actual like, wrestling in the ring. I, I did love Hitman Hart. I know I'm going over the rush more, but Bret Hart was, <laughs> exactly. was fun. But I, I really think, like for me personally, it'd be HBK. Uh, like I remember my dad bringing me home when I was young. Um, like the, his actual like tights, his red ones with the hearts, the initial like pure HBK. I had the tights, the gloves, everything. Um, <laughs> but then Stone Cold, um, yeah, The Rock again, and then Taker. I mean, anytime you heard the. the the bell or the Undertaker's music, you're like, true. here we go. And it's still, I mean, you, you can go down the ramp on Raw and take them 15 minutes to get to the ring and I'm still like pumped. <laughs> it's true. The pop that these guys got, man, was just unbelievable. But yeah, uh, no, you're right. Uh, I, I love your Mount Rushmore. This was a debate I had online actually yesterday with a f- few different folks. Um, but uh, James Laurinaitis, man, uh, we appreciate your time. Go check him out on the Big Ten Network. Obviously, the dude comes in prepared. Obviously, the dude knows the game. There is a reason why he is one of the best all-time linebackers of our era. This man is so intelligent in approaching the game. James Laurinaitis, we appreciate the time, man. Hey, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Thank you. Great, great interview. Very good. That was James, really good. Yeah, I man. mean, so prepared, man. So intelligent. Uh, it was, I, I don't know, one of, one of the better interviews, certainly. Um that I can remember. He he was so well prepared. It's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that he's the fact that he's pulling out specific plays from specific games and just has that, you know what I mean, just etched into his memory. That's that's impressive, man. Dedicated to his job in the booth, which is yep. good to see. Yeah, like Simi Cobbs is a guy who I have marked on my list to watch in there you the go. chart, but I haven't gotten to yet, and he made me really excited to, uh, yeah, yeah. to check some of those games out. Me too. Uh, the NFL Scouting Combine fires up Friday, March 2nd through Monday, March 5th. I guess technically it's going on now, but uh, you'll see these guys on the field starting Friday. You can watch it on NFL Network. We're going to see running backs on Friday. We're going to see quarterbacks and wide receivers on Saturday. Again, that's going to be on NFL Network. Be sure to check it out there. All right, so uh, at the quarterback position, there's going to be a few names, and you've heard them all. Uh, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Running back, wide receiver, I just throw out a name. Give me somebody that you're curious uh, to see test out Alex Gilhar. Oh, you're going to me first. I was also going to say, like, word of caution, like most of these quarterbacks aren't probably going to throw at the Combine. So I think a lot of them are. I thought Arnold I saw is, Darnold is not. Darnold is not. not Everybody is the exception. Most, really? Most of these guys are throwing at the Combine. That was the first one I saw. Which is actually and I was like, surprising. And, and yeah. I was like, well, most of the other ones will follow suit after I saw the Darnold noise, yeah. so never mind. Uh, I think Rosen says he's excited to throw. Yeah, I know Mayfield, Allen, Jackson are throwing. I think Mason Rudolph may throw. I think Darnold right now is kind of the one the one yeah. exception. Yeah. Which uh, you can take a couple of different ways. Is he not throwing because he's like, yeah, I got a pretty good shot. 
shot to go number one, or or does he just want to do the whole like I want it on my own conditions? Yeah, that's, yeah. Look, all that. at this point, he can control the terms of his job interview. Uh, <laughs> crap, right. Yeah, as the as the presumed whatever. number one overall pick, it it probably behooves him to I mean, not. It's gonna throw. be a top five, no doubt. But as 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 far as people I'm watching, I want to see like how this second to third tier of running backs behind Saquon Barkley performs at the combine. Like we know he's gonna blow it up. He's an athletic freak. He's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna put up massive metrics. in at two thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw somebody posting a video yeah. of a, a workout Barkley did uh, just I think at Penn State and he did more bench press reps at two twenty five than Clowney did. Yeah. Jadevi <laughs> oh, and Clowney. Yeah, no he's he is crazy short. He's he's gonna he's gonna he's destroy everything. Yeah, so but that's why I want to see like how does Ronald Jones look? What about Sony Michelle? You know, uh, Chubb, even Bo Scarborough. Does he have any agility, or is he just you know a freight train on the yeah. tracks? Like, these are some of the guys I want to see because what's always cool is uh, our Zach Whitman, who runs a Three Sigma athlete, does the yeah. Spark scores, and it's always nice to see guys that pop up on the Spark score that actually produce later. It's not obviously like a hundred percent predictive metric, but a couple big. Um, uh, yeah, it's a piece of the pu- puzzle. A couple big sparks performers last year who had good fantasy and real life success were Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara because they both were way high on the spark yeah. list. So, who are some of these guys we might not be expecting so much? That's the list from last year. Well, McCaffrey was way up there. Even look at Matt Breida. Matt like, Breida. He was up there at the 90, 94. Chris Carson was up there pretty high. Yeah, I mean, that, and that, those are guys that popped up in the in the preseason right. and ended up being like rumor mills that stuck on the roster and got rolled. And like David Johnson blew up the combine and had a high spark score in his year, and yeah, he was a guy that wasn't you know high on the radar. So that's what I'm going to be looking for is which guys put up these great metrics and have college production that we can then just start to watch yeah, this storyline. A, a guy, a guy that I think fits into that that you mentioned earlier, James, is Kalen Balage out of yes. Arizona State, who you know tape wise and, and statistically, big boy. Didn't blow anybody away, but everybody you talk to or who talks about him talks about his overall athletic ability. I mean, there's some talk that he could end up being maybe the surprise star of the combine with what he does. Uh, it helps that he had a good good senior bowl week, you know, yeah. played well in practice, had a nice game down there in Mobile as well. So I like uh, him. You know, he, he's not getting mentioned a lot amongst the top running backs, but Such I do want to watch ass. it and see if maybe he sneaks in. And, and after, you know, once we get into mid-March, if we're not talking about him a little more. Uh, Kalen Balazs obviously needs to find the right schematic fit. You know, I was surprised because Bucky Brooks actually had Sony Michelle um, ranked higher in terms of a prospect over his teammate Nick Chubb, who was the actual starter uh, there. I, I was a little bit surprised by I that. So I think some of it has to do with Chubb and the knee injury. Yeah, Coming back off of that a little yeah. bit. I and and Sony just looked. I mean, he looked great, un, like an unbelievable, stretch. especially the, the in the, the playoffs, right <laughs> for Georgia. Yeah. So I'm I'm that right there. That dichotomy. That's what I'm looking for, man. I, I'm really interested to see how Nick Chubb uh, plays out versus Sony Michelle because again, I, I just I'm surprised by that because Chubb was so productive uh, in college and he was the starter ahead of Sony, but yet. You know, uh, Bucky Brooks, who who knows what the hell he's doing, man, um, has Sony Michelle ranked ahead of Nick Chubb. So that's uh, certainly. So does Lance Zerline, for the record. Lance oh, is that has, right? Lance uh, has Sony uh, with a 5.9 grade. He's his fourth highest rated running back. Interesting. Uh, and uh, Chubb is isn't too foot much farther down. He's the seventh highest at a 5.6 grade. So the, the the only reason I like Chubb more is because he just seems more of like a an actual running back that has to work in between the tackles and and figure out blocking schemes and, and doing all those things. Michelle is just a just a beast athlete and I don't know I I mean again I haven't seen him enough uh to say either way whether or not he's going to be um you know a functional NFL running back but I tell you the the early chatter I keep hearing about Sonny Michelle is Alvin Kamara is that is that team teams are looking at him okay to possibly do what or be the kind of role player 
Camaro was. And, and, and you're right. And, and we had talked about this last year, Marcus, you and I, about how we were not really sure. Actually, as a matter of fact, I was not high on him at all because because of the fact that he couldn't really crack the starting rotation uh, for Tennessee. But, uh, again, <laughs> we talk about Bucky Brooks. Right. I mean, Bucky was so high. I mean, just unbelievably high uh, on Alvin Kamara and um, and was proven right. Yep. Worth, worth noting, year. Sony Michelle had nine catches last year. Nine. Like, but, he, but the year before, he, he caught a few more passes. 22-26. Right. I feel like they don't just I, – I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I just feel like Georgia didn't really throw – uh, into the backfield all that often, but we'll see. I mean, there are – listen, guys, I'm telling you, there's a lot of running backs out there that yeah. are super, super interesting. Royce Freeman out of Oregon, who I think is a good player. Uh, this kid, Rashad Penny, out of San Diego State. People like Rashad Penny. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievably productive I am, uh, in college as well. Watch, watch his tape, you know, because uh, – Oh, he is – he's good. They went back-to-back years with, you know – just stat-busting running backs. Right. But you know, Rashad Penny is a different back. Than well, he's a big boy. That's he's why. He's bigger than you – know, Donnell Pumphrey was a tiny well, he, Yeah, back. I was going to say he yeah. raised two of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of running backs out there. Um, in terms of wide receivers, anybody that you're really interested to see test out, Matt Harmon? I think that one of the top guys that I want to see what they do that I think the combat is going to matter is Cortland Sutton. He's big. We talked about him, I think, a couple last Out podcast SMU, or yeah. a couple podcasts ago. Like, he is a player that has the size, has the the ability to win the ball in the air. Yeah, yeah. and a, and in a class that right now is looks like just to me, and I'm not the first one to say this, is filled with a lot of like number twos, number threes, complimentary guys. Yeah, I think teams are going to be intrigued by the players that potentially have a higher ceiling, and yeah. I think if Sutton shows by his athletic testing that he might have that higher ceiling you know in inside of him or whatever yeah. then he's going to get pushed up the board uh that he's going to be somebody that teams are more encouraged to to take that chance on because hey are we going to re- if we're shooting for number 1 and I think yeah. a lot of teams right now need a number 1 receiver uh, then they're going to be more interested in him if he tests well so he's somebody I'm watching and just another note too on the quarterbacks yes this doesn't really have anything to do with fantasy or whatever but like Lamar Jackson right now doesn't have an agent and huh? He yeah, his, his I think his mom is representing him. Uh, and I think Marcus called this correct on, two months bro. ago or whatever, like that the Lamar Jackson storyline is going to be really frustrating no matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Doesn't matter. Uh, and, and what you're alluding to is the fact that a lot of folks feel like Lamar Jackson needs to switch positions. Well, that, that he needs to switch positions or he can't play quarterback and that there's a lot of, like, racial coding behind how – and I agree with all of that that, uh, that, uh, that uh, and how he's discussed totally. But the, And I can guarantee you now because he doesn't have an agent, people are going to come out of the combine with some stuff to say about how he goes through the process or whatever. Lamar, what are you doing, bro? So that's a story. I don't know. That's a storyline to me that I want. On, on the one side, I I get it because rookie contracts are slotted. There's not a whole lot of negotiating that. But that you has gotta to go. Done. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah, it's slotted. But the earlier you go, the higher your draft or the higher your price is on your second contract. That's just. I mean, it, that's just the fact of life. Because if they, if a team is drafting you in the first round. They are so motivated to give you a chance. And if they give you a chance, you put up stats. You put up stats, you get a big second contract. Look at That's Blake how Bortles. it works. Look at right. Blake Bortles. That means, that means he's got five years to get an agent. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I, I, I say we we'll let this process play out, too, because we don't know that he might have met with a bunch of agents, and they wanted to try and manipulate him to right. fit into the draft yeah. system. I mean, and Lamar might have just said, like, I'm going to do me. Like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to play football. I'm going to show everybody that I'm a quarterback. I'm going to deliver on the combine. I'm going to deliver on my pro day. 
and then teams can draft me where they want, and I'll get an agent. In reality, all you need this first time around is a lawyer to kind of talk you through the contract and make sure the language doesn't. Does, doesn't mean you I can't just, sign one before uh, the draft, too. The draft's that. like two months away. I, I also – the only thing that I would say is I think that it would – probably help to have a professional around to be like hey this is this is what's going to happen here this is how the combine's going to go then we're going to do your pro day like this yes. somebody like it's somebody that knows what the process, process to him. yeah what the process is going to be like not so much like the contract thing yeah totally they don't need an agent to slot I, that listen listen around. And, and not only that and not only that i bring it up because i think of guys like lee steinberg who has made a career from taking relatively unknown guys or unheralded guys and propping them up and building a market for them. He builds a market for some of these quarterbacks. And, and, and quite frankly, if Lamar Jackson doesn't have, he doesn't have somebody building that market for him. Yeah, but he's also I not mean, an unknown. Patrick Mahomes. He's also not an unknown commodity. An he unknown won commodity. the Heisman two years ago and was a runner-up last year. Of course, but they're still talking about him in the second round, which is just mind-boggling to me. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, I, that's more about the closed-mindedness of NFL GMs and decision makers. So the fact that they can't look at a guy like Lamar Jackson and see what the, you know, all these quarterbacks are flawed. Every single one of them is flawed. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and the fact that, you know, for whatever reason, because he doesn't check all the boxes of typical, you know, traditional NFL quarterback, yeah. a lot of people aren't clever enough or creative enough to figure out how to use them. I mean, quite frankly, I look at Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen um, all as either project quarterbacks or guys that have a lot of volatility in their game. I really like Sam Darnold. I really like Josh Rosen. They're classic pocket passers. They're, they've got the size and they've got their requisite arm strength. But those three other guys, Jackson, Mayfield, Allen, I mean, come on. I mean, these guys are definitely high-risk, high-reward guys, but there should be they should be lumped in the same grouping. That's I just think, my thought. I think Baker is ahead of those two, Allen and, and Jackson. I think he has. I think the size and the, the arm si- strength. The size, I get it. But I think, the ar- I think he has a good arm, and I think he can make all the throws. I mean, statistically, he was outrageously good. He's got a hose. Super accurate. He's got a hose, man. Super, super accurate, good ball placement, all that sort of stuff. So I think he's more closer to that Darnold-Rosen uh, tier. But I agree with you. I mean, Allen and Jackson present – Really similar propositions, and I don't and understand what is the di- what's the difference here. Like, I well, I don't, I don't. Josh know. Allen might be the number one overall guy, and Lamar Jackson's going to go. Well, to the second I think round. It's just, it's, I think it's we crazy. know what what the difference is between the two of them. Fair. Also, it's not my money <laughs> on either side. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I'm not paying it. I'm not receiving it. All right. And, and I, I was, <laughs> but too on on Allen and Jackson too. Like, I'm. Both what they run, both of them is going to be really intriguing. There are rumors that Allen could run a four six, which is pretty outrageous. That's yeah. like that's like Andrew Luck, you know, even Cam Newton sort of level of athleticism there at his size. And if Lamar Jackson rips off like a Michael Vick type workout, that I think could really boost his, his stock too. Some I it's think he's stupid, re- but sometimes I think teams just need to see it. Yeah, yeah. Even though like you can watch the guy play yeah, yeah. and you can see he's that level of athlete. Let's, the guy, the guy can gun it too, man. Let's also not forget that the as I mentioned the draft is 2 months away, which is an eternity. Oh, sure. In oh, draft sure. season. Oh, sure. No, no, because uh, like, and again, I, I bring up Lee Steinberg, but remember remember 2 years ago, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he was not discussed in the early part of the draft process about being one of those top quarterback guys, but you know, again, he goes to the combine, he starts ripping off these big throws, and people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of yeah. like it. But, but again, it, it just, I don't know, boggles the mind that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent right now. I, I kind of I, I like profile. it. Oh, let's, yeah. let's see. Let's see, let's see, see it play out. Because, right. again, just the last point is that Lamar is not one of these guys that needs to do it. He has balled for two years. He has, yeah. the, he has the resume. He sure. has the accolades, the hardware in his trophy case. Yeah. 
So, like, he's just going to go do his thing. Can I, say I respect it. Can I say this about Lamar Jackson, too? So, two years ago, I had fired off a tweet because I was watching Louisville play, um, and, and I had – I had openly speculated as well, uh, this was before he was eligible to come out, um, whether or not he could play quarterback at the professional level. And I was just buried online by people saying, oh, this is all, you know, this is racist or whatever it is. And my thought process then, two years ago, was that, no, we're talking about a guy that barely pushes 200 pounds. And we're also talking about a guy who, at that time, had a career completion percentage around 50%, which is horrific. Um, but he's gotten better. And so, and as I have given, been given more information, I, 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 I've changed my opinion as well, which I think a lot of folks get stuck on online, right? Which is just, oh, you said this two years ago, and now you're backtracking. No, bro, I got more information, and things have changed. And that's why you can change your thought process on this as well but and again I'm, I'm much higher Lamar Jackson today than I was two years ago but I just want to throw that out there for anybody who might try to come at me with said oh and, and pull up a tweet from two years ago saying oh I think he should switch positions the Twitter detectives will be out you know what I'm saying uh, that's all that's the thing all is too like, I mean Lamar now. Lamar Jackson you know as as young men tend to do also got a little bigger still like he, did. he got a little taller got a little thicker yes right now his size is not that far off of a guy like Aaron Rodgers Rodgers is like 6'2 220 Lamar right. Jackson currently Per the interwebs right yeah. now, we haven't measured him at the combine. Is six three two twelve. Yeah, like, that, that'll be. I mean, that, that'll be interesting to see if he measures in. No, he put in. He put in a lot of work in the weight room. There's no doubt about it. He looked physically stronger uh, just this past season. All right, enough of all that. Let's close out with daily daps. Let's go. Here we go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What you got? You know, I went to daily dap show on Netflix. Dirty money. Dirty money. Which it's a a documentary. Is that the one with Screlly? Or whatever. Uh, he is. I haven't watched that one yet. Is he in the like thumbnail though? I feel like I've seen he it. Might be. Yes. Uh, so right. I've watched it. I think it's six Farmer episodes. Bro? Yeah. Farmer Bro. Oh. Six episodes. Uh, each, each right around about an hour. I've watched the first two, and basically each each one is about different corporate schemes and scams that have been perpetrated on the public. The first episode was about Volkswagen and you know, their their clean diesel scandal about how it turned out to not be clean. At the league, at all, they got fined uh, they like a billion dollars or something. A ton Crazy. for that. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the last night the one about uh, the the payday lending guy who also was like a big time race car driver on this. Uh, well, what? Yes, yeah, so he's the guy who <laughs> basically sense. he opened up all these payday lending Makes stores so and and was you know yes. predatory lending and, and taking money from a lot of uh, you know unsuspecting people who were kind of living on the margins. Uh, but he also was you know a big time Ferrari racer. Uh, and that sort of thing, and kind of living it up on the side. And it's just been really interesting kind of to watch this thing and, and watch how some of these people operate. But uh, it's six episodes, and, and like I said, through two episodes, it's it's been very entertaining so far. All right, there you go. Alex Gilhart, what do you got? Uh, I've got two daps. First yeah. one goes to the movie Annihilation uh, that Natalie Portman stars in, oh, came out this past weekend. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Our uh, good friend and colleague Patrick Claibon hated it, <laughs> um, which I can understand. It's a mo- It's kind of a, a, a unique sci-fi movie. It's gorgeously shot. First, it okay. follows all this five uh, f- woman team, and they're going into this mysterious presence called the Shimmer that okay. they've sent in people to because it it's expanding on the the world, and it's been it's based on a book. But people go into it to investigate it, and nobody's ever come out except yeah. Natalie Portman's husband. Mm. So she's going in to try and solve it, and it's I think it's really cool. It's really interesting. It's different. It's kind of thought-provoking. The ending, I can easily see why it would make some people mad because it's not exactly 
very definitive. It's it, one of those somewhat it's one of those. It leaves it up to interpretation. It's like and okay. you can you can read it a couple different ways. And then I've been reading I some like thought pe- thought uh, you know some think pieces on it and stuff. Okay. But the point is that I want to daily dap it because like if you're somebody like me who likes interesting, good, adult, like, thought-provoking sci-fi movies, you have to go see them when they're in the theater. Sure. You can't just uh-huh. be like, oh, this one, I don't think it's going to be that good. I'm not going to go see it. But, like, I see what they don't make enough of those, so go. Like, not enough people went to see Blade Runner 2049 last year, which was one of the best movies of the year, which was stupid. Yeah, it didn't make a, t- a massive money at the box really? office, which I thought it would have. But uh, So go see Annihilation, please. Like, discuss it with your friends. I think it's going to be one of those movies where, you know, 10 years down the line, people will revisit it and be like, Damn, this was a pretty good movie. Like oh, yeah. we should talk about this movie again. Okay. Uh, and then the other dap goes to a show slash my friend uh, Chris Visser. He is a, a assistant editor on the show Unsolved on USA, which is okay. about the Tupac and Biggie murders. Oh. And it follows both the timelines of back when the murders happened and right. when the case was reopened like ten years ago to try and to try and solve it. Um, because uh, Biggie's mom leveled a lawsuit against the LAPD or something, and. Uh, but anyways, he's a, an assistant editor on that, so we all got together last night, a bunch of us did, and watched uh, the premiere, and it was a pretty pretty interesting show. I mean, the guys they have to play the young uh, Tupac and Biggie are, are pretty pretty spot on. They look they look the part, and they yeah, sound they, good. Yeah, yeah seeing the commercials, they yeah. look a lot like Biggie. Um, and it's it's kind of a fun Especially setup, and it's got, um what's his name, Jimmy Simpson, who was in Westworld and uh, one of the House of Cards, one of the McPoyles. He's one of the McPoyles. But that dude, is awesome. that dude is awesome in everything. Like He's kind of a chameleon. He can play a real skeezy guy that you don't like. He can kind of play a bit of a hard ass, but he's good in this josh duhamel is one of the leads not in love with him so far but it also has uh it's got a great cast it's got uh bokeem woodbine who was uh what's his name he was from uh fargo season two uh he was the black guy uh was it like moses or something he had an interesting name in fargo season two but he was awesome in that and he looks good in here so far too so daily daps to chris for getting on a good uh scripted show he had been stuck in reality tv for a long time <laughs> and uh i'll be i'll probably be intrigued to keep watching unsolved as well so hey there luck. you go all right matt Harmon, what do you got I think I'm good. So this weekend, uh, my my girlfriend converted me to Costco. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you just use the G word out loud? Yeah. Breaking news! Here we go. <laughs> I've mentioned. Here we go. So I'm a daily dab Costco, but it was. Uh, what, what, what do you mean you had? Wait, I'm. So I've never I'm, been to a Costco before. What? In my life. Jesus. What? Why? What? You have never been that? to a. Co- like I, I'm. That's. I'm trying to process this. All this information. It's like. What, what it's not really. So it's not really my scene. And this is why. It's not my scene. It is kind of a thing that a single man does not go to yeah, Costco. Like what the hell am I <laughs> talking about? Although, although so, oh, okay. see, I went so to let's, Costco let's, all the damn let's, time. Let's walk through for the, the free samples. Yes. Okay. I mean, let's walk through. Also, remember, we live in L.A., and this is a su- this was a Sunday. So here's here's the here's my problem. Okay. Uh, like, who doesn't I, like a thirty six pack of chocolate chip cookies? Okay, we're, we're come on, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So I don't like I don't like a lot of crowded places, with <laughs> a lot of people, especially a lot of like annoying people that are annoyed. Oh my! Like, God. and that is a place like that is just full with a bunch of people that are look like they're pissed off to be <laughs> like you chose to be here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so it's just not well, really like you're projecting. What are you talking well, about? I'm not. Also, quick, about? quick aside, James. Getting to the Costco in LA is a nightmare because okay. they not only put a Costco, that's fair, which is a as a, a very attractive location for a lot of people. Yeah. An In and Out oh, is right in the damn there's parking a, there's lot. A, no, no, no. There's an In and Out and a Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> like oh, it's just a so vacuum it, of people sucking them always into it. It's a lot. Oh, but anyways. So just in general, not really, not really like my scene okay. or whatever. But the reason I was converted uh, was I I got a nice uh, twenty four pack of Stone Beer for like thirty bucks. I'm like, All there right. you go. 
They've got great deals like that. So. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I eat a, I eat the same whole grain bread every morning for breakfast. Okay. Uh, and I got two packs of that for like seven bucks. That thing costs you like five dollars <laughs> in a good grocery store. So hey, I'm in. All right. So daily daps to Costco. You win. You win. Corporations. What? I'm in. Jeez. I love Costco. I've been going to Costco for geez, twenty years. I gotta get I gotta get my mind right. Well, Costco. Yeah, I love Costco. It's, it's, a, it's a, a mental preparation. I gotta, no, I gotta really get is. my mind it right. It really to go to absolutely Costco. is. But you do come away too, like you're like, man, I I feel like I just spent a lot of money today. But at the same time, like you know, got like five things of toothpaste for like fifteen dollars. I never need to buy toothpaste for the rest of, of your life, life forever. <laughs> five five things of toothpaste. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's incredible. That's so what I'm talking about. They got like the gallon it. size of Listerine. I'm like, <laughs> 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 I got to, I got paper towels. I got, like I don't even have a space in my apartment to store all this crap. I'm buying all this stuff in bulk. Give me a break. I like fifteen avocados for six dollars. Come on, get That's real. Great. That's There's right. a lot you. I mean, yeah. So look, I'm I'm being I'm becoming domesticated. I'm get I'm growing up. This sucks, but whatever. You win, corporations. <laughs> daily daps next week. Har- Harmon's gonna daily dap. Going to bed early, oh, <laughs> guys. I tried this new God. thing. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, I don't want to talk about uh, the going to bed early thing. Well, do you go to bed early now? Or? I don't. I I don't understand. Maybe when she's there, I go to bed earlier. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm when I'm there oh, by my, James, when I'm there by myself, give us our da- I, give I us your so, dap and save this whole conversation. When I'm there by myself. I'm I'm staying up past midnight just for the damn sake of it, cause I can. What's up? But what? Wow. <laughs> this is so bad. What are you a child? <laughs> I like, don't understand. This, this is like when I started eating like you know cereal, <laughs> like sugary cereals for dinner in college because my parents <laughs> weren't around. That's what you sound like. Yeah, I do. <laughs> But why? Why? If your girlfriend's in, why do you guys go to sleep earlier? James, just move on. Let's just move on. Let's just. Let's just what's let's your dab? What's your dab, James? James, what rap <laughs> artist did you find on YouTube this Seriously. week? <laughs> Seriously, where are we going? <laughs> I've got. I. I don't have very much. Uh, I. I was gonna daily dab my. Uh, I've, I've been going to a uh, a boxing gym now. Picked that up during the off season because I've got the time. Um, Whoa, and, humble brag. Is it? I'm going, to a, <laughs> I'm going to a gym. That's a humble brag. Boxing, he doesn't have he doesn't boxing have, gym. Bro, he doesn't bet you that pe- costs more than my 24 hour <laughs> fitness membership. <laughs> Look, I this is how I view it. I've I've saved up so much money from not going to the gym during the regular. <laughs> nice. <season>. <laughs> now <laughs> I can that 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 money now can you now go over here. That makes sense. Right. Exactly. I see you got a watch too. Let's talk about that. What's the watch that I always look have. at your big watch over here you know how i you, you know how i acquired this watch oh That's is true. that that watch yeah, i forgot yeah, about that yeah, one yeah. whatever it's still okay. a big watch right. it was free though okay there you go uh daily daps to my boxing gym which is, i went there this morning as a matter of fact nice uh you get it bro you work out <laughs> not enough obviously uh producer christina yes what do we got um, well, I'm actually really glad that you liked Annihilation because I'm going to see that tonight Ooh. after work. Nice. Let me know what you so think. I will. I'm actually really excited if for you, it. If you hate it, we can have an in-depth discussion. Claybon <laughs> and I didn't get an in-depth discussion. I was like, why would you hate it? And he was like, I wanted it to be a rival. I, or I thought it was going to be a rival, and it wasn't. So, Which also was a great movie. That was a good movie. I see We that. can talk about it once I see it later. All right, okay. good. All right. Um, I didn't do much this weekend. However, How I recently I? started to love Thai food. Oh, um, oh, welcome. If anybody else likes Thai food, yes. place big fan. Did you grow up in L.A. or no? No, Connecticut. Okay. Oh, you grew up in Connecticut. Okay. Yes. So uh, first time out here, tried Thai food Hell yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. What would you get, Loved Pad it. Thai? Yes. There you go. Just like, you know, the traditional. So it's, it's, good, it's, good it's, it's a good entry yeah, dish. Exactly. Yep. 100%. Uh, Love decided it. to go a little crazier and mm. went to Night Market over in West Hollywood. Okay. Hands down the best food I think I've ever had. Wow. So wow. good. Big I endorsement. highly Lovely. recommend. 
have I to check go. it out. Especially when did you move from here? Someone who has never had Thai food before. Very <laughs> yeah, good. there you go. Um, I moved out here last June. Okay. Nice. Okay. Welcome not, to LA not as quite well. A full year. Oh yeah, coming up on the full year. There so. you go. Oh yeah. Oh man, the world is your oyster. There's so many fun things to do. <laughs> so, <many, laughs> so many great restaurants to eat at. As long as you stay on the west side. <laughs> oh, of course, Jeez, of yeah. course. Oh, good. Perfect. Good. Perfect. We got an elitist oh, in our God. company. James. Yes. James, I had to drive to Hollywood last oh, night. It was God. awful. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. The, the west side bubble. Oh. It's the greatest bubble in the world. Why would you ever want to leave? Get out of my life. As Ice Cube right? once Exp- said, the West, side, the West Side is the best side. Oh my Give God. me a break, bro. Every every time for this podcast, you know, <clears throat> yeah. when we don't do it at 10 a.m., yeah. running late. <laughs> running late. <laughs> yeah, I really want to leave the bubble. <laughs> Give me a break. You know what? Fair. All right, there you go. For Matt Harmon, for <laughs> producer Christina, Alex Gelhar, MG My Guy, Marcus Grant, I'm James Coe. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.